Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Welcome to another edition of Peristyle Podcast. If you're watching us live on YouTube, our simulcast, I'm Ryan Abraham, joined alongside Chris Trevino right over there. Uh, we are going to talk about rivalry week, USC, UCLA. Of course, USC uh, beats Colorado 55-17. We'll kind of give a quick recap of that as well. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can drop us an email, podcast.uscfootball.com, or call or text us at 424 254 9141. Please like and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button, share it with your friends, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Inside Troy. And if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms, please subscribe there. Uh, follow us, the Peristyle Podcast. And if you're on the Apple Podcasting app or any app that you could leave a review, please leave us a five star review. That does help to grow the show. And I'm fired up today, Chris. We're ready. It's right. The rivalry stuff, it's like it's in the air. You could feel the energy on campus this morning. There was a crap ton of media. It's a it's USC UCLA week. So Chris, welcome in though. How you doing, man? Tired. Yeah. I'm ready to do my tired old shtick. Yes. As one uh review would have it. But yeah, there is a little bit of a boost of energy and intensity for this week because it is uh rivalry week. And last year's rivalry game that we covered, or the week leading up to that. Pretty crappy, kind of boring, but it was still a rivalry game, although USC got the crap kicked out of them. But this time, a lot different circumstances. Uh, UCLA, uh, I believe the fans, they ruined it uh, for <laughs> losing to uh, Arizona, costing a top 10 matchup, possibly a college game day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like a Bruin, they ruined it, as they would say, but still a lot uh, a juice around this game Yeah, just with uh bulletin board message board uh ammo mm. being being fired by uh DTR and UCLA and just the fact that USC wins and they go to the Pac-12 championship so simple. can't get any more simple than that win and you're in shout out to Washington if you know a Washington fan USC fans should be hugging them uh, <laughs> for giving them control of their own destiny but yeah 
So lots of storylines for this one and pretty excited to cover this one. Yeah, me too. Got to be over at the Rose Bowl. Try to get there early because it's a real pain is it that much to. of a pain? Kinda I've never is. really had any issue getting to the Rose Bowl. You're always getting there like four hours early, though. So I, mean, I mean, get there four hours early. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm going to be doing, too. Um, we're starting to get some comments. If you're watching us live on YouTube, thank you so much for that. Put question. If you do have a question for the show, we'll try to get to them at the end. Put question so I can kind of star it and come back and see it later. And if you have a funny comment, I am hosting and producing the show, but I will try to look at the comments and throw them up when I can. Like a lot of times, like when Chris is talking, if you say something funny or something that's uh, topical, I will try to put that up on the screen as well. And before we jump into any of this stuff, we got to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. Uh, it's the holidays coming up. I love going to Trader Joe's, not just for the tailgating. The tailgating is great. Lots of great stuff there. I need to replenish what I'm, I'm doing next, Chris. Uh, you know, I always go to Trader Joe's and I'll buy like a, you know, get six bottles of wine or something. And so, you know, as you go through those, you know, in an afternoon or whatever you do, you know, um, Jesus. I like had a nice steak dinner last night. So I had opened some wine. I'm like, oh, I got to go get some more Trader Joe's. I love going in there because you can get like these eight, $10 bottles of really nice wines, you know, and uh, I'm more of a Pinot Noir kind of guy. So I try to get these reds. And uh, are you not, is that not you? Don't like wine. You don't like wine? I can only do red wine if I have to drink wine. I get a weird kind of drunk when I'm wine, so I typically do not, uh, I stay away from the wine, but I, I have no problem with anyone uh, flaunting wine or buying mm. wine. And it, the thing is, like, sometimes people feel like, there's people like you that maybe don't like it as much, or and they feel like it can be pretentious or whatever. $10 bottles at Trader Joe's. I mean, you're like, yeah, you know, you you take your girlfriend out and you split a bottle of wine for 10 bucks, like, you got a nice, your nice tipsy thing going on. It's great, you know, and uh, and it tastes really good. I think got some really good stuff there. So that's that's one of the things, you know. One, I I do different restockings, and I got to do my wine restocking coming in, especially with the holidays and stuff coming up. So. Are you deep frying a turkey? I am deep frying a turkey. One of my best friends from USC, uh, we, we were he was a year younger than me. He's him and his family live in Austin, and they're coming out for Thanksgiving week to go to the UC, to the to go to the Notre Dame game. Uh, and we're going to stay, he's, they rented a house and, uh, I'm going to bring my turkey fryer over there and do a little deep frying. So there you go. What do you, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Frying with Ryan. Yeah. Um, my mom's coming up. Nice. So christening the house. Yes. With, uh, house. Thanksgiving dinner. So that'll be fun. Very cool. Um, all right, well, let's jump into everything that's going on. Uh, there is. You know, I don't know if you want to say, like, we'll know tonight about the college football playoff rankings. I know we have some questions about that. So we'll talk about that stuff a little bit later. The most important thing, and what Chris mentioned, um, isn't the the ranking, the AP ranking and all that stuff. It's can you win the Pac-12? And I think you do that, you sort of take care of you. Everything else will take care of itself. I think Lincoln Riley mentioned said as much today. Um, just win. You know, we saw Oregon lose. We saw UCLA lose. You know, you just got to go out and win and things will take care of themselves. And I agree with them 100%. Knowing that you control your own destiny going to the UCLA game is huge. Uh, you can go and punch your ticket to Vegas and play for a conference championship in uh, Lincoln Riley's first year. So that's what's important. There's even scenarios where USC could lose the game and make it in. Um, there's some weird scenarios. If UCLA wins, there could be like a five-way tie, a bunch of teams seven and two that really aren't. You know, it's not that crazy. Um, there's not even like a bunch of upsets that would need to happen. There are some weird things because most schools still have two conference games left. USC only has one because of the Notre Dame game. There are still like scenarios that are like, 
if Colorado beats Utah, which like is not happening, you know, uh, if Cal beats UCLA, like I don't think that's happening. Any but, given Saturday. And what do you mean Saturday? Any given Saturday. Like, yeah, any given Saturday. <laughs> I guess that could happen, but I don't think those are kind of likely. But we'll know a lot more, obviously, after this weekend. Um, and you know, USC, you win, you're in. Utah, you win, you're in. We could see a rematch. You know, just if those two teams win, then you don't worry about anything else. Uh, the Colorado game for Utah doesn't matter. Uh, they're just you win and you're in. I oh, I think it does matter. It, it does. Matter. It does matter. Crap, if they lose. Yeah, but they won't lose. They, they won't. I don't think they'll lose to Colorado, but they still need to win uh, against Colorado. Yeah, but I just, I'm just hoping that USC keeps it simple and they win and they save me all the trouble of having to <laughs> right do uh, quadratic equations on the board <laughs> and solve. Uh, what happens if there's a five-way tie or what happens if there's a four-way tie for second place with one first-place team? It's just uh, – it's very I – tr- I did some of it. You can look on – I did an updated scenario look. Right. But they usually – there it comes out to where they do not favor uh, uh, USC just based on the strength of schedule once you get deeper into the, the, Pac-12, the Pac-12 scenarios. Or excuse me, the tiebreakers. So USC's best interest interests just win the game. Yeah. Just win the game. And in terms of the playoff, look, USC is going to have USC literally has the opportunity right now to close out the season with three wins over ranked opponents. And that would be a six game winning streak with three wins over ranked opponents uh to end the season. Pretty decent resume bump as the Pac 12 champion with a one loss. So as Ryan said, as Lincoln Riley has alluded to, yeah, just win and everything will write itself out. Yeah, you got some tough games and uh, things will things will definitely take care of themselves. Everyone wants to like, the, what about this scenario? What about this scenario? And I, I think either way, if you just win out and you go eleven and one in the regular season and win the Pac twelve, you're twelve and one. Anything after that is sort of gravy. If it's a Rose Bowl berth against Michigan, then you can use that as motivation that they kept USC out of the playoff or whatever and. If you make the playoff and get smoked by Georgia in the first, you know, the first round, you still like first year Lincoln Riley made the playoff. USC's never made the playoff in the history of the college football playoff, and Riley gets coming. So it's all about if you win, the only the scenarios are good. So I wouldn't worry about oh my god, he didn't make the playoff. Like you You're can still use be in that. the Rose Bowl. You're you can still use be in that. Year six. Yeah, you can use that. Um, all of it can be uh, can be used. Uh, USC did have a Friday night game. It's a little weird. Uh, it was kind of fun watching a lot of the. Uh, rest of the Pac-12, which I do because I'm a sicko, but I you know also do the Pac-12 uh, podcast, Podcast of Champions, plug there. Uh, I got to watch all those games from the comfort of my couch, not like in the car, like on a phone or something or in the press box with an iPad. Um, it was not yet. We don't like my press box seats. I don't have good TVs. Like I, the TVs are like behind you. So I can't like watch the other games while it's going on. So I have to have like all of it in front of me. But because it was a Friday game, uh, really weird fourth quarter, you know, Caleb Williams throws his second pick of the year. Tried to force the ball to Brendan Rice a bunch and uh, get eight yards in the first in the first quarter and then score 24 points in the second and just kind of cruise to a 55-17 uh, win. We don't need to, like, dive into that too much, but do you have some take-or-leave-its from there, Chris? Did you think of any? I, or- I don't have any take-or-leave-its okay. from this game. I have take-or-leave-its moving forward because I, I just assume most people did not want to talk about Colorado, I mean, 55-17 win. And for me, it just all goes back to 
not what they won, but what they lost in, the, in being Travis Dye. And yeah. that's a huge uh, blow to the offense and for multiple reasons. And he's still a leader. He's still going to be in that locker room giving speeches. But, man, just to lose a guy like that who has gotten you out of some tough points, that's kind of the biggest thing from from that game. And, you know, the defense played well, you know, two turnovers. They had their moments. Colorado is not a great team, and we know that. And we were all expecting that to kind of them not to have a performance like the Arizona game or uh, blanking on the other team that racked up points on them. Help me out. Uh, Cal? Cal. Yeah, I, Cal. I don't think we, we were expecting that. And they were going to handle their, their relative business against a very bad team. So everything, you know, kind of played out as we expected outside of a very kooky uh, first quarter. <laughs> yes. But, you know, losing Travis is just very, it's very tough. And for, you know, there were so many fans online talking about how you know emotional it was. And this was a guy that felt like, you know, he, he literally just transferred in less than a year ago. And it felt like he's been here for like, Five years. Yeah. It felt like a fan favorite by uh, many a Trojan fans. So that's kind of the impact he's had. And, you know, he g- he gave like a little uh, slideshow reflection on his Instagram, you know, just sharing a bunch of photos and memories. So very uh, uh, bittersweet to see that. But sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ryan's sorry. playing. uh I, yeah, he I spooked me. I screwed up uh, instant analysis. Apparently, I put the old video in there, so I need to like edit this while we're talking there. And so. he just played the intro on my ear, and I just. I uh, <laughs> but well, I'm, I'm having a very serious work. talk about Travis Die. I know. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, just you know, I think their their run game will take a little bit of a step back, but you know, Austin Jones super talented, and if Relic Brown, man. Runs a little more north south instead of a little more less east west. I think you know he could be dangerous in these final three games, especially as his pass catching ability to kind of offset uh, the loss of Travis's pass catching ability. Right. And then Darren Barlow's wild, wild card, who we know it's good, just hasn't had the yeah. opportunity. So I think Austin Jones is going to grab that RB1 mantle and strangle the life out of it. Seems like guy's ready to carry this team. You've seen him have some big moments, big games, but now it's all on him and his shoulders, and we'll see what that looks like. And, you know, I'm a little – I think you should be a little bit worried about pass blocking, which he struggled with at times. Travis Dye is obviously their best uh, pass blocker. Yeah. No blocky, no rocky. Um, he needs a T-shirt. Yeah, he needs a T-shirt, he needs a sticker, he needs something. Uh, so that's going to be a challenge, and we'll see what that looks like moving forward. But, yeah, I mean, the only real thing – that I think about when I think about that game is just what they lost, not what essentially they won. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, super important. And a lot of people were talking about him to this morning when we were at practice, they were talked about him. Uh, after the game, I put the picture up. I mean, it was just sad to see him like on the sideline like that crutches and stuff, uh, cheering on his team. Um, but you know, he'll still be in a, he'll be a part of this team. Um, He'll, that's the guy, you know, he's, that's just the kind of guy he is. And I think a lot of the, you know, the players are going to uh, rally around that. And I thought the, you, you talk about the other running backs. I thought they played really well uh, coming in. It was almost like you're everyone scored. Yeah. You're like, this is my fallen comrade and we're going to play well for him. So I feel like, 
yeah, maybe Austin Jones is not going to be as good of a blocker, but um, we might see more pass catching out of the backfield from him. And that's, you know, maybe you're not staying in the block, but Caleb Williams can kind of dump a ball over the the rusher's head and, and Austin Jones can go out and, and make a big play. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm love to see more Darwin, you know, Darwin Barlow. Um, obviously Rayleigh Brown is, uh, can just do a whole lot of stuff if he's running North South, hopefully. Um, yeah. So this is, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they do against a UCLA defense. That's not very good. Um, but you can say that about just about almost anyone's defense in the back 12. Uh, but you know, UCLA will score 28 against Arizona. Um, so I think USC can have some uh, impact on the defensive side of the ball by Tuli Tuli Pelotu getting in there and, and forcing some sacks, force those big negative plays to like stop, get stops that way. If you can force some field goals, that's great. Um, when you were watching like Oregon make their run until this Washington game, like they weren't kicking field goals at all. Like, I think it was like, a f- like four games or five games or something before they had kicked a field. Like it'd been a while. Um, make them count in threes. Yeah. As Lincoln Riley said earlier in the year. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not a technically a stop, but it's way better than Zach Charbonnet. It just gives you room. In. Yeah. Like you don't want to hand it off to Zach Charbonnet on the 19 yard line and just let him run in for a touchdown. Like you want to try to get him, you know, it's, Oh, it's second and seven. It's like, Oh, it's third and five. They're like, Oh, incomplete pass. Like now they're going to probably kick a field goal. Oh, they might go for it too. Um, but this is another opportunity to get a stop. So I think you got to do a little of that. Arizona kind of showed what you can do uh, against this, this offense. Now was that UCLA's full attention on Arizona? Or are they looking ahead to this week? Probably, but uh, there's, there's some opportunities there to just force some big plays. DTR is going to get some. Zach Charbonnet is going to get some. If if Kashmir Allen comes back, he'll get some. But force enough negative plays where you can get some stops. And yeah, does do you think the Arizona and people in the chat? I want to hear what you think. But yeah, does Arizona's win over UCLA take some heat off USC's performance against Arizona? I think it does. And uh, you know, it's, uh, again, the podcast I said they were feisty. I said they were feisty. They are feisty. They were feisty against USC. David Woods loves to be snarky. And, uh, you know, when we are co-host and he had tweeted something when USC was playing Friday night by itself and they were like struggling early, he had made some tweet about like, basically like, you know, Hey, this is a team that's, they gutted it out with a really tough win over, you know, eight point win over Arizona, like saying like an eight point win over Arizona is basically like a loss. And then I, I saved the tweet. And then once UCLA lost, I was like, have at it. USC. <laughs> it's like, how about a six-point loss to Arizona? How about that at home? Like, not an eight-point win on the road. So, yeah, he had to kind of uh, take back some of the snark there. So that was kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, no, it, I think Arizona is a better team right now. Like, they are, they have a chance to be bowl eligible. they got to beat Washington State. And then the Sun Devils, who are playing better too, uh, Sean Aguaro, like, they're they're playing better with their interim head coach. Um you know, Trenton Bourget, I don't know. I think he got hurt in that game, and uh, Emory Jones came back in. But Emory Jones looked pretty good, too. So it's not going to be easy. Like, Arizona could lose their next two. But if they can beat Washington State this weekend, they have a chance to go be bowl eligible. So way, you know, super improvement over 1-11 last year where the one didn't even really count because it was a COVID win. So, right. um, yeah. Uh, so I think we can kind of put a bow on the Colorado game. It was – Colorado's just really – Really bad. What have you seen a worse quarterback than JT Shroud? Like recently, like can you remember hey, you somebody? Really don't like JT Shroud. <laughs> He's so bad. I'm not saying anything. I I covered him in high school. I'm not. 
Yeah. I have a personal connection to uh, oh, JT Shratz. So. Well, you know, he's he's underrated, I think. <laughs> okay. Now you're just overcorrecting. And it's uh, going the other other way. He looked a lot bigger than what I remember him. Oh, he's like bigger? Yeah, yeah. like taller. Like he grew. He has a strong arm. Yeah, just some of those passes were uh, a little off the mark. I, Adam Munster Tiger does a great job covering Colorado. You know, feel bad for him because you're covering a, you know, a crap, crappy team right now. But, uh, yeah, he was he kind of equated it to skipping rocks. So like, you know, if you ever like quick skip rocks on a lake, like it could be jumping all over the place. Like the ball it comes out fast, but like you see these guys, they do a lot of like kind of crossing stuff and guys over the middle. And it looks like, hey, they look like they're schemed open and stuff, but the timing. The, it was like so bad. Like you're shitting hitting the guy in the back shoulder like really hard when you don't need to throw it that hard. It just it didn't look very good. So I you know, I asked Shane Lee this morning about like building some momentum for this because like Cal fired their offensive coordinator. So and um, line coach and offensive line coach because they stunk this weekend against what Oregon state did they play? I think, um, was it Oregon state? Let me see. I'll, I'll pull it up real quick, but guess what happened the week before? What did Cal do the week before? Um, put mad points up on, yeah, it was Oregon that. state. They, they only scored, they scored 10 points and seven of them were, um, defensive. So they had a field goal in the whole game against Oregon State. Uh, so they fire they fire Bill Musgrave, who's you know should have been hired to begin with. He's more of a relic NFL kind of guy. He's not like a college you know innovative, innovative like New offensive school. mind. Yeah. You got a defensive coach. You need an innovative offensive mind. Too many defensive coaches. It's almost like they don't want an offensive. I, I mean, I don't get it. Like an offense is only going to help you. You know. Um, We've seen this at Iowa. We've seen this other places where they just don't hire good people to be the offensive coordinators. But um, the week before, Cal put up you know a whole bunch of yards and points against USC, which we hadn't really seen from this Cal offense before, outside of the Arizona game. Cal scored forty nine in Arizona, and UCLA scored twenty eight. Like that's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, so they just fired their coordinator. Uh, USC needed some momentum because you'd given up a bunch of yards and points to a crappy offense that fired their offensive coordinator a week later. So even though it's against Colorado. Momentum is momentum. It's momentum. And Shane Lee, you know, captain of the team, he knows this. You know, it's just like you'd rather, even if it's, free, you know, you're playing basketball, just seeing a couple free throws go in kind of gets you, you know, should it help you hit your next three? Like probably not, but mentally it does. You know, just like seeing the ball go through the basket helps you. And, you know, seeing some stops being made and, forcing some sacks and uh, getting that interception and sack fumble. Like that's all kind of stuff that gives you like pause. Like, okay, we can do this. Now DTR is a different kind of quarterback. Um, they've struggled with some, you know, mobile quarterbacks, uh, you know, in the past, but most people do. But yeah, I think the momentum thing is important. And uh, it seems like USC got some of it from this. Ready for some take it or leave it. Oh, you got some. Okay. Yeah. I, I said I got some. Oh yeah. Yeah. But leading into this week. For uh, uh, UCLA, um, if anyone has a fan one they want to submit, I was looking for one more, but I can't. I couldn't think okay. of one, but I have about five here. So if you see a good one, uh, let me let me know. Uh, take it or leave it, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, the winner of this weekend's game will need to score at least forty-five points. I'm gonna leave that. Okay. Because. I mean, we, we talk about, oh, there's, you know, DTR is talking about scoring 60 and all this stuff. I mean, Arizona won last week and, you know, they scored in the 30s, you know, holding UCLA. Like, I don't think it's out of the question that this could be like a 
42, 38 or something. Like, I don't think you need 45 to win this one. Like there are scenarios where it's 45 to 50 or whatever, you know, like there's going to be a lot of points, but there's other scenarios too, where there's, you know, get some stops. We saw what Washington did early in that game against Oregon. They, they took long drives. They kept the Oregon offense off the field. Maybe USC starts running the ball more and like keeps the ball away from DTR. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I don't think you have to get 45 in this one. There's certainly scenarios where you do it, but I'm not going to say you have to. Okay. Let's keep it going with some defense. USC's defense will play better because it's on the road. Quote on the road. Mm, Well, I'm going to leave that too. I'm going to say like, just because you don't play defense better because you're on the road. They play better. Now, Tuli Tuipilotu plays better at home. He gets all his, most of his sacks are at home. This is, you know, USC's closer to UCLA than to the Rose Bowl than UCLA is. So I don't know how roady, you know, this game is going to be. But I don't know the home away thing. Why Why would you say like home away? Like this, their numbers are better on the road, right? Defensively. Not necessarily that they're, uh, I mean, I'd have to check, but I just think there's something about this defense that plays better on the road. Yeah. I mean, look at the Utah game before the <laughs> flag. They were shutting them down, and then that kind of threw them for a loop. But, yeah. you know, Oregon State, you have... Oregon State was the best one. Yeah. You have the uh, the Arizona game where they were up. They, did, they got their stops, and then that onside kick happened, and then momentum right back to Arizona. So I would make the argument that defense was doing what it needed to do until they got tripped up a little. That momentum swing kind of hurt them so even though it's not like a true quote-unquote road yeah it should still be i guess primarily uh ucla fans in there so it will feel like a like a away game yeah that's true that was just my thinking i like it um we did get one in the chat too if you want that yeah idea. throw it out right now Oh, you want me to? Yeah, go for oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, I have so, more, but just do this one now. Okay. We have a take it or leave it. Uh, Caleb goes for over 300 passing yards and throws for three touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to take that because I feel like UCLA is going to score. So USC is going to have to score and he'll throw the ball. Like he wasn't going to get a whole bunch of yards against Colorado because Colorado's bad. You don't need to do that. He didn't play the fourth quarter. Um, I think he's going to get, yeah, he's had five touchdowns in the last four games. Uh, so not all passing, like he had two rushing, but I think at least three passing, especially with Jordan Addison back. Uh, I think you might get a big play in this one too. And uh, 300 yards. So I, I will take that. What about you? I mean, I'll take that. I mean, he could throw for 400 in this one Yeah, for all I know. Um, but I would expect at least three touchdowns uh, yeah. from him. Speaking of Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison will be the best receiver on the field on Saturday. Take it. Uh, I like Jake Bobo, but he's no Jordan Addison. And just talking to Jordan Addison this morning, uh, I'd asked him, like, he had a pretty pretty big. So the way it worked is, Chris mentioned all the media. So we had Lincoln Riley. We had all kinds of cameras. This guy, this camera guy like squishes in and like knocks, like trying to knock me out of the way. I was like, I'm ready to punch a dude, but film your film, favorite battle. My favorite battle is fighting those camera guys when they, they come in once a year and then they're just like want to step in front of you. You're like, dude, I've been sitting here. Stop. Anyway, uh, it's cleared out a little and Jordan Addison came right in. 
So we had a lot of people around Jordan Addison, but we got a lot of players today. And luckily for, for us at uscfootball.com, we got a lot of people there. So I could stay on Addison the entire time. By the time I got to the end of the Addison interview, most of the people had left and they were interviewing other players. And I got to ask him, not one-on-one, but it was close to that, you know, like, how did it feel? He caught the very first pass of the game. And he said it really felt good to get the ball in his hands. You know, it felt good to, uh, and his family was there getting to watch it. And then, you know, he didn't play that much. And you just like, any hesitation, sometimes you come back from an injury, like people are like, oh, I didn't want to plant or whatever. And he was like, uh, you know, he's like, no, man, I'm back. He's like, I'm back. And uh, what was the quote? It's like, I'm going to put on it, like, wait and see. I forget exactly what he said. It was like. Uh, Basically something like, I'm going to show people that I'm back. Or yeah. Wait and see that I'm that I'm back. Yo, yeah. Deal. Yeah. I'll show you all this on Saturday or whatever yeah. this weekend. So to me, just being that close to him, I just felt the confidence in his voice and what he was doing. I think he's going to have a breakout game against UCLA. So best best receiver in the field. I will take it. Take it he does. Yeah. Uh DTR's uh recent comments mm. particularly about wanting to put up 60 on yes. USC's defense is a slip up as it gives defense the defense uh some extra motivation. I I'll take it. Um you know USC, and you guys talked about this in instant analysis today, like nobody kind of took the bait. Um, nobody, you know, was like, oh, here's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, Jordan Addison hadn't really heard. He was just, you know, and a lot of it was just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, whatever. He can say what he wants. But if you're on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to hear that. And a lot of those players were there and gave up some of those points. And a lot of players that aren't are like, we're not doing that. So, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where I feel like this is going to be a little extra. There's a lot of motivation in this game. You know, it's the UCLA game. It's, um, you know, the Pac-12 championship is on the line. You get to go if you win. And if you're like a Shane Lee or, um, you know, Bryson Shaw, like someone coming in that doesn't really know the rivalry that much and are familiar with other ones, now you just had your opponent, the, the quarterback you're going to be facing, like call you out and say, we're going to put up 60 on you. I think that matters. I think that's going to matter to these players. And it was like, who the hell is this guy? You know, uh, and it's funny that Lincoln Riley talked about coaching against him when he was at Oklahoma. Kyler Murray was his head coach. And he's just like, how long ago was that? You know, uh, I mean, was his, head, was his quarterback. Kyler Murray was Lincoln Riley's head coach. Yeah, yeah he was his quarterback. That's how far, that's how far back. Um, so Lincoln Riley knows about DTR, but a lot of these players don't. And uh, I think this will... If you didn't know, you do know now. And I think you probably, I'm not saying USC is like some sleeping bear, but if anyone was kind of like waking up from their nap before they go to this game, like they're going to be fully awake. Like, I don't think you're going to see that first quarter effort that you did against Colorado. I think people are going to be awake and ready for this one. So yeah, I think a little extra motivation. What's it been like for you? Just having covered DTR the first year you started USC.com? <laughs> back in 1996 back in 1996 just had to quick get that quick zing nice. in there. i'm sorry i'm sorry love it uh final one usc wins this game they run the table i'm gonna take that uh, i'm not including whatever bowl they get whether right. it's a playoff or rose bowl i think um i think usc will be favored um I mean, they're favored in this one. They'll be favored against Notre Dame. 
and probably, you know, like a neutral site, neutral site, like against Utah or Oregon, you would be favored again. Um, so I, you know, maybe not Oregon, but you know, Oregon just lost. Yeah. So I think they'll still be favored, especially if you kind of win impressively. Um, so yeah, I, I like USC's chances, uh, but this is the this was the the one that kind of pivots on everything. Like we win this game, um, you know, Notre Dame's had some good wins, uh, but they've had some really bad losses too. So you know, they're capable they're capable of of losing a lot of these games. So I feel like you know Notre Dame plays Boston College this weekend, so they're not going to lose that. But they'll be you know three loss team coming to the Coliseum. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm pretty optimistic uh, if they can get through UCLA. I don't know where all this like uh, USC is going to lose to Notre Dame mm. talk is coming from. They beat Clemson, and Clemson we know is like a not that good paper tiger. Yeah, they lost to Marshall and they lost to Stanford. Like, look how bad Stanford is. You know? They're better, but they're not like. I don't know. I don't know where this is like. They're, they're pretty garbagey. USC struggled bad. against Cal, and then everyone was like, "All right, they're going nine and three. Yeah, they're going nine and three. Like, okay, the 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 Cal offensive performance is probably one of the more head scratching aspects of the season for sure. Um, but you know, these are all like, even if, like if if we went to go shoot hoops in in the YMCA and like say I'm better rebounding and I don't I don't shoot the ball well from the outside, you're just like, okay, well he doesn't shoot the ball well from the outside. You know, one day I might like that. I just might shoot the, you know, you, Jack Plummer just throws a bunch of dimes and like does well one day. You know, like it just, it can happen sometimes, you know. Again, they were up 20 points and then just <laughs> let them back. Yeah. Let them back. So, yeah. Uh, but I feel like this is a team that um, can focus on the moment, if that makes sense, where like what we do you need this big stop? Yeah. Not th- uh, four stops in a row. Right, you can you need one now, um, not just defensively too, but I think just what Caleb Williams has shown he can do. Um, what did they do when they went on the road at Utah? Like they were up, you know, two scores, one score, two score. You know, they got, got the time. ball back, stopped them. Yeah, like there was a lot of that going on. Now then they just they couldn't figure it out in the second half, and then Utah wasn't going to be stopped. That's when you kind of needed a stop, and that's sort of when they got one. It was uh, wiped out by officiating and stuff. Um, flags sort of, of came in there, but I. I feel like there's, if you look at what Caleb Williams did, like they never got behind. They, the only time they got behind is when they, you know, basically Utah tied to score and then went for two, you know. Um, Caleb Williams was going to do enough every time he got the ball to make sure. And I feel like you could do the same thing in this one where people look at, well, Zach Sarvene is going to run for a million yards and DTR. Like they, 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 they're they probably going to have huge games. They're probably going to have big games against USC. But how do you manage that game? Is Caleb Williams, you know, getting the ball first and like keeping the lead, and then you get that one stop, and they don't keep the foot off the gas, and now UCLA is playing catch up. UCLA is their zero and two if they if DTR throws more than they run, and they're eight zero when they run more. So get a lead, force them to be a throwing team, not let them play. You know, this is a team that plays really well from ahead. USC can play well from ahead, but also plays well from behind too, and can kind of catch up. So this is one of the things where come out early, score early, and sort of keep them. Uh, the Bruins off balance and not let them do exactly what they want to do on offense. And I think, you know, USC's got a real good shot. There you go. You're yeah. From the man. Uh, let's see. All right. What else did we have for, uh, so oh, DTR comments. Let me, um, let me pull this up. 
you talked about it already. We did have a question kind of. Um, why, did anyone, why didn't anyone from the defense call out DTR in his comments? And I mean, what did you like? I just felt like people were taking the high road and it might've been like a thing, like let's not give any bulletin board material to UCLA and let's not put too much emphasis on what DTR said, just sort of take the high road. Is that, is that your kind of assessment of what happened? Yeah. I mean, UCLA is already given with those comments, USC's defense, particularly some extra motivation. Why give it back to them? Why come out and be like, uh, whatever? I don't. I can't even think of something to respond. Like, that's some crazy stuff. You know, we're gonna hold them to zero points or something like that. Like, why say that back? And then they have motivation too. It just felt like UCLA wants them to roll in the mud with him in terms of trash talking this week. Uh, you know, get dirty with them. Uh, but USC wants to take the high road. And I'm sure that Lincoln and his staff, you know, sat down with the SIDs and were like, hey, you better coach him up. Take the high road. He saw those comments. Don't say anything about this. Don't don't comment on this. So that's what I felt was going on. And, you know, I, I don't see any motivation. I don't see any reason why to give them motivation back uh, to you in, in just this like uh, this back and forth of uh, trash talking and I like to think that I would take the high road but I'm also very petty if you follow my instant or my Twitter so (laughs) I feel like I would not be allowed to talk during the rivalry (laughs) you would yes you probably wouldn't do very well um yeah some of the the Oklahoma fans you were going after that was pretty that was pretty funny hey look they said they were gonna win yeah guaranteed it gonna be ball eligible this past weekend yeah so West Virginia said nope Oklahoma is not bowl eligible, which, you know, that's tough. USC is going for a 10-win season and going for a spot in the Pac-12 championship game. So uh, pretty cool. Are you, I mean, it's, uh, you could feel it today because we were at USC and all the media was there and all that kind of stuff. As it gets closer, I'm getting more radio requests. So like local radio wants to talk about I've it. I've both- two requests. Yeah. Um, so those things are happening. Uh, it's kind of weird that we're here to, you know, two rivalry games to end the season. It seemed like it went by pretty fast, you know, like here we are. It's UCLA week. It did feel a little bit shorter than usual, but I think that just happens when you win, you know, it's just so fast paced. Yeah. But when you lose, it's like, ugh, oh, it's like a slog. Yeah. I just think that's the difference. And last year, a lot of losing. So it Mm. felt, it feels, I think it feels faster this year just because they're good now compared to last season. It's like night and day. So we go from super slow to a very much quicker pace. Yeah. So I think that also makes it feel uh, a lot quicker. But when you're winning, it goes by fast. When you're losing, it, it, every week is two weeks. And every week here is like uh, three days. The slowest week was definitely the bye week after the loss, right? Like that was like the thing that took yeah, forever. That felt like it took forever. And you get a Friday win. I want to get your thoughts on like what kind of advantage that gives you just playing an extra day. And it seemed like, you know, this is an opportunity to just, you get a little rest, you get to watch. Um, I forget who I talked to. One of the players I talked to about that, like the extra day, I think it was Shane Lee. And uh, he's like, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's great when you can kind of win. Harvey Hyde talked about this earlier in the week where, 
it's great if you win a Friday game or a Thursday game and you have more time. If you lose, it kind of sucks. You have extra time to sort of like stew in your own disappointed juices. Um, and that's what happened after the, the Utah game. So yeah, I think it goes faster, but, um, do you think there's some kind of advantage? I mean, they talked about it last week of having 24 hours less to prepare. Now you have 24, now 24 hours more. more. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the catch 22 of it. You lose 24 hours, but you also gain one for your next opponent. And I think USC would have it so they could have the extra 24 hours for UCLA. And I mean, just from my experience, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I felt great this weekend. Yeah. You know, we had the late Friday, but we had the whole weekend. Didn't have to cover anything on Saturday. And it felt, we felt a lot. I got ahead on a lot of stuff yeah. from the week. So that having the extra 24 hours was great. So I, I can't imagine what that's like for preparing for a football game. That that must be just a giant gift. Yes. And use it to your advantage. That's all I got to say. And I feel like I used it. To my advantage, and we'll see if USC use it to their advantage. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a huge benefit to to getting that that extra that extra day essentially. I agree with you. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we take a quick break because we got a lot of questions and we'll get to those. So back in a minute, uh, we are going to break. <laughs> Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Chris. That's me. You doing all right? I'm doing all ready? right. I'm ready. We got, some, we got some questions. All right. We got stuff in the chat. We got emails and texts and stuff that have come in. No voicemails today, so that's good. Um, I, Marcel in the IE says the playing field, the Rose bowl looked horrible with numerous players slipping. Is there information on how the field will be on Saturday for Marcel? They I had nothing for you. They were slipping. Um, I talked to somebody who said that they had resodded it like I think a month ago. Um, so it was definitely a problem. I don't know how much you can address it, uh, from one week to the next, but, I don't think it's a problem UCLA wanted. Like, I don't think they wanted the, the field to be like that. So I don't think it's something that they're like doing. Um, but yeah, that's a, uh, we'll see. But uh, it was, it was definitely an issue when you saw the Arizona game. Definitely could be a storyline. Yeah. That's it might end up being one of those storylines. Uh, Paul wrote in an email. He says, hello, everyone. I need some assistance on this from smarter people than myself. I have checked and rechecked the tiebreakers of the Pac-12 on their own website. Man, what a mess. 
I know for USC it's a win and in, but is there any scenario where the Trojans could play in Vegas with a loss on Saturday at the Rose Bowl? Uh, I have to know just in case. Thanks, fight on. Paul, I'd mentioned this, that there is scenarios, but they're weird ones, and it's like a Colorado. I think Colorado beating Utah is one of the criteria, so I don't think it's super plausible. Um, the tiebreakers are weird. There is a realistic possibility that five teams end up seven and two. And you have to basically, it's kind of like a round, like you have to pick a winner of those. So like all the tiebreakers, like the opponent's schedule, the strength of schedule, like, you know, and you, you'd pick a winner of those five and then you'd redo it again for the, the four. You don't like pick the first and second place people. It's like first place from the five, they go in. Second place from the four, but you have to do it like basically first place left from the four. And the weird thing, if you're UCLA, I think tiebreakers aren't USC's favor so much. UCLA, it's unfortunate because they would have more head-to-head wins because in this scenario, USC would lose to UCLA. UCLA would have a win over uh, Washington, over Utah, and over USC. So three of the teams of the tiebreakers, they would have wins over. But because they all don't play each other, they don't use that. And they would lose the other tiebreakers. So UCLA would be, and there's real scenarios where UCLA wins out and they get left out because the tiebreakers aren't like head-to-head, which would help them. Uh, The tiebreakers are this other stuff because everyone doesn't play head-to-head. So it's definitely convoluted. Very convoluted and... There's a story up on newspeople.com where I address this, sort of. I told you I wasn't going to get drunk enough to figure it out. So I'm not even going to touch the five-way, but just on a quick glance, yeah. the five-way tie first place, I do not believe USC gets in. I don't think so either. The other scenario, if, if USC loses and the winner of Oregon-Utah wins out, so let's say Utah wins out. Like Utah beats Oregon. They went out. They're the number one seed. So then it's a four-way second-place tie with Oregon, USC, UCLA, Washington. Oregon wins that. Let's say it's the other way. Let's say it's uh, Oregon wins wins out. So then it's Utah, USC, UCLA, Washington. I believe Utah also wins that, wins that seeding matchup with that four-way second-place tie. So USC would need a lot of help if it loses on Saturday. There's a possibility, but the strength of schedule really hurts them yeah. in terms of the non-common opponents. So that's where their real issue is when it gets down to that tiebreaker. Yeah, That really hurts them. So they're not in a great position in tiebreakers. So, and that, U- that, U- that Utah loss obviously looms large in those scenarios. So... Best best advice for USC, just win. Just win. And don't live it up to tiebreakers or our interpretation of tiebreakers. And that's just my interpretation of reading the rules, me and shotgun. So yeah. in our interpretation, Oregon and Utah have the heads up, when have the advantages when it goes to those deep tiebreakers. Yeah, I think they do. I think you're right about that. Uh, Ellie Transplant wrote in, uh, okay, Chris Ryan, tell me why Brendan Rice deserves more snaps than Kyle Ford. Uh, Rice had... Uh, uh, lost an interception and dropped the pass in the first series. I believe we talked about Rice last podcast. Uh, someone brought this up. But I will just say, Ryan, I don't know about you, but I feel like this staff has 
lived up to their wording or, or, or telling the media that if you do your job in practice, you're going to play. Yes. And it doesn't matter if you were a walk-on or a five-star or whatever. If you are performing in practice and you're the guy in practice, you are going to get the reps on Saturday. So I feel like Brendan Rice has to be doing something in practice that makes him the first guy out there. And yes, he has been inconsistent at times. He's dropped some passes. He's had some frustrating plays. But he's also made some good plays too. So there is a catch-22 with Brendan Rice. And Kyle Ford had a really good game. Came up with those big third down catches. They are not scoring on that drive without Kyle Ford. But I just have to feel like, based on what USC staff has been telling us, if you're going out there with the first team and getting the majority of those reps, you're doing what you need to do in practice during the week. So I have to imagine that's what's going on with Brendan Rice. As frustrating as he can be sometimes in games, he does make plays, does have some drops, but... That's just my my logical reasoning of it. Yeah, I mean, I think they've they've been true to their word, and we've seen guys, you know, we've seen like a guy like Taj Washington have an increased role. I mean, I think he's working hard in practice, and he, you know, it's not just been what he's done in practice, but then he's proven it on the field too. And you know, Rice, I think, talked about this week, right? Like, um, I mean, he he wants to, he knows he can play better, and I think he put it on his Instagram or something about playing better. Um, and he's still a young guy. I mean, yeah. he was playing in Colorado's offense. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to get that, does that stink does off. That, does that count as a college year for a wide receiver? Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, you know, USC fans talk about like there's still like this stink of the Clay Helton era. Kind of, it's hard to get that off of you. You know, and it's like, I mean, he was in Colorado system for quite a while. So that quarterback couldn't throw. No. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, thank you for the question there. Uh, and, you know, Kyle Ford's my guy, so I want to see him continue to do well. That was such a weird drive. Like, that was, I think, USC's first touchdown drive. Yeah. Where and the one ended with the run. Yeah. You're like, first, it's third and 19, which, you know, pretty much kills most drives. Throw it to Kyle Ford, he converts it. You're like, wow, that's crazy. Now you have a third and 23, like around midfield, and you're like, all right, well, you're not going to convert that too. Oh, throw it to Kyle Ford again, convert that. Uh, then you're down in the red zone and you get a offensive PI and it's first and 25. I don't remember what the second down was, but it was first and 25. And you're like, okay, well, okay. That's going to be hard to overcome. Nope. Overcome that and score a touchdown. So I don't remember like three, like down and distances of that, like, uh, skewed against you in one drive and still being able to convert them all. Uh, that was kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Yeah. And it worked out though, but that's what you get when you play uh, Colorado. So I don't know if that how it works out against any other team. Right? Yeah, you're not scoring about pretty much against anybody else. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, LA Transplant also. He said the die injury was heartbreaking. I feel for him as a senior. However, the potential of Rayleigh Brown and Darwin Barlow and Austin Jones ready to take charge. It's hard not to get really excited about that. I, I would agree. Thoughts though. Why was Caleb throwing a temper tantrum at the end of the first half? So I, it's like I didn't get to see this in the broadcast yet, but I guess that was going on. Do you know what he's talking about? I do not know what he's talking about. Okay, so sorry. We'll have to go back and take a look at that. I've seen like a clip. I saw a clip of him yelling. Yeah, he was like getting upset. I don't know if it was a temper tantrum, but and I don't know what that was. I thought he was trying to hype everyone up. Maybe I'm. Yeah. Maybe I misinterpreted. 
I just I didn't hear with any sound or anything. I just saw the clip. Yeah, same thing. I didn't get to like see like what what was the context of of this and what uh um you know kind of what that meant and all everything. So uh but thank you for that question. Let's go. We got a Curtis Marino Valley email. He no more does a voice type. Yeah. Uh hey Ryan. Uh, we once had a disagreement about how the playoff panel is, quote, swayed by impressive wins. I said back then, all I have to do is win no matter the score because we are USC. Now with no wins to impress the panel, we are ranked above teams with identical records and strength of schedule because of the logo brand bias. And I'm loving every minute of it, Curse from Marino Valley. Um, Curse, I, I don't think USC controls their own destiny as far as the playoff goes, though. So I think... You know, like a TCU would be in as an undefeated Big 12 champion. You know, a, a Tennessee that's one loss um, and doesn't go to the SEC championship game, USC would have to jump Tennessee. Like they're they're behind, you know, they're behind LSU right now, right? Like the last, it or whatever, you know, a two-loss LSU team. So that's not brand. I mean, that's, there's a, there's a brand, it's the SEC, and that's what's getting the most credit. So USC definitely gets credit for being a great brand. I don't know if that trumps the SEC brand, though. Like, beating Alabama, people still look at it as like you just did some godly thing. And, you know, it. You know, Alabama's lost two games, and they've almost lost a couple other ones. So, uh, a few other ones. So, it's, it's it, Alabama just doesn't look as good this year, but you still get – you beat Alabama, you know. Um, it could be like a three-loss Alabama team, but you're still getting, like, all the credit in the world because you had beat Alabama at one point in the season. I'm not commenting on this. No, this, this is your beef with Curtis. From oh, Miami. I don't know. It's beef, but it's just like this is your this is your. Uh, do you think? Showdown. Do you think if USC wins out, do you think it's a guarantee that they're in the playoff? It is n- not a guarantee. Okay, I think it's a good chance. I think it's a great chance. Yeah, I just don't think it's a guarantee. It's not I a will guarantee. never give a guarantee with a, a committee ranking. Yeah, ever, even though it'll be three straight. Ranked wins, I still will not. I still will not do it. Yeah. Uh, we got an email from M. Guys, knowing that you love stars and that they matter, I'm wondering with all the injuries to our linebackers, why are we not seeing any appearances from guys like Simon Tabarucci, Thompson, and Davis? Uh, is it all injuries, or is it practice performance? And also, it seems that there are, there's a lack of beef on the defensive line. I'm wondering why. Pepe, Kobe Pepe is MIA. Do you think performance or injury? Well, Carson Alan? is hurt. Yeah. He's not going to play this season. So, right. we can so he's out. Scratch that one. The Davis one, Raj- Rajon Davis, is very stupefying because, mm-hmm. you know, on paper, 4-4 four, four speed, cover skills out the ass. Not the biggest linebacker. He doesn't have a lot of experience playing that traditional middle linebacker spot. So I think there is sort of a learning curve with him, but I just don't see how he can't get any reps uh, at times. So that one is a little perplexing. And as far as uh, Kobe Pepe, he was injured like multiple, like in the camp, camp setting. Mm. And I think he's just behind. Now they're just kind of using him for scout stuff. I think you're right, yeah. And they got a really tight rotation right now. And believe me, if Kobe was, you know, making plays in, in practice like that, I think you would see a lot more of him. Um, but right now, I think he's just mainly a scout 
scout guy. Not condoning the uh, this is sort of like a negative tone towards one of the players, but I would say uh, the comment is ISJST. There's got to be a better linebacker than number 44 who had zero tackles in the Cal game. Um, so people, yeah, people, Namora, the they're not huge fans of sometimes. Like you would rather see one of those other guys play, but I there's reason we don't know all the reasons, but there's reasons why these you know the guys are playing are. Um, and I think you just have to cut, trust the coaching staff that they're doing this because they, you know, they know what they're doing or this is the best option. Um, I mean, goes back there, some, go, go back to the practice argument of like who's yeah. showcasing themselves in practice, like who is playing the best throughout the week, who's playing the best Sunday through Friday, Yeah, who is deserving of those reps. And I don't want to say like any of those guys aren't deserving of those reps, but you know, this is kind of what the staff has said. And for all we've seen, they've backed that up with who plays. Yeah. Like Corey Foreman has been like third string at times. Yeah. And he's playing a bunch now. And he played a bunch on Colorado and he had a good game, a good first half against Colorado. So that tells me he was playing well in practice. So, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it than just like someone's star rating. So, yeah. I mean, and there could be something like, I mean, we, I'm not saying this happened, but if a player had missed some meetings or if they weren't, if their grades weren't doing well or something, and there's like a, another reason why they're not playing, there could be that too. And they're like, Lincoln Riley's not going to say, Hey, this player, you know, is failing two classes. So he's not playing right now. Like, you know, there, there could be circumstances beyond just what you, what you know, as a like the guy was a four star, you know, like there's more reasons to play or not play than that, you know? Uh, do you know where uh, Montgomery County is? Yeah, Moco. Moco in uh, Maryland? Yeah. Oh. Well, Marcus from Moco okay. sent us a long text message. Said, uh, I've been hearing we should reserve our criticism of the team's performance given where it was last year and how far they've come. Allow me to use a food analogy to push back on that assertion. If you replaced a Piggly Wiggly with a Trader Joe's, you wouldn't have the same expectations as to the quality of the food that you had last year, would you? The fact that Piggly Wiggly once existed where Trader Joe's now stands is irrelevant to uh, any expectations going forward, especially since almost anything from management to food suppliers to frontline staff is different. I say to this, Helton's Piggly Wiggly was finally shut down by Bone and Fultz Health Department and replaced by Riley's Trader Joe's. A promised roster overhaul took place in the interim creating a team fundamentally different to the one we witnessed in 2021. The upgrades we've seen uh, inherently invite expectations, which are neither tainted nor dampered by the stench of last year's performance. Yes, I am grateful for the new staff and what they've done with this team and for my school, but the gratefulness should not be used to silence legitimate criticism of a team's performance, admittedly on a rare occasion when such criticisms are warranted, even if they do have a nine and one record Marcus from Moco, he says, right up the street from Trader Joe's in Silver Springs. And he says, P.S. Chris, can you imagine USC versus the Terps at Bird? Crazy. What's Bird? Maryland Stadium. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe it's Capital One Field now, or maybe that's changed. But maybe it's, it's changed. called the Bird, or we would call it the Bird. Stadium. I don't know if you have thoughts here, but I would say with this analogy, to make it more accurate would be that Piggly Wiggly shut down abruptly and then you brought in trader joe's was hired to take over the spot but they weren't giving a whole lot of lead time so 
a lot of the the people, the employees that were there are are retained. So Trader Joe's has to bring the Piggly Wiggly employees with them. A lot of the stock that you've had, yeah, there's a you got some new products and stuff coming in, but you got to sell a lot of the stock that was left over from the Piggly Wiggly. So you still got to like figure out a way to to sell that. It's not like you've completely took over and built a brand new Trader Joe's. It's like you're building one on the fly. Uh, and as you go, it'll be more Trader Joe's like, but in the beginning, there's still a lot of piggly wiggly there. Cause you just took over and started right from scratch. You know, you didn't, you didn't start from scratch. You started with this base, this piggly wiggly base. So I would say that's why that yes, he did the roster, but everything he did is part of what you know you would need to do. And you, you got to give him credit. Like we've seen people, you know, if Amara Cristobal took over at Miami, um, if Brent Venables took over at o- Oklahoma, like some places where you take over where the team's doing well or not doing well, you still have to do a good job to like bring in the right people. And Lincoln Riley took over a crap team and turned them good right away. So I think you can certainly criticism is warranted for, for anything, anything, anybody, you know, anyone can be criticized, but I would say they've earned the benefit of the doubt by taking a four and eight team. And, you know, they had to, you know, it, it's not like you just were given a Trader Joe's. Like you have to build it up to become the Trader Joe's. And that's what he's doing. And there's a lot of different ways you could do it. They could have just said, well, we're going to wait for three recruiting classes and then we're going to get better. Or you go to the transfer portal and bring in the Blitnikoff Award winner and a whole bunch of other dudes that are going to help your team win now. It's not going to be perfect. But I would say you've you've built the Trader Joe's on the foundation of a Piggly Wiggly and still had a whole bunch of stuff left over that you need to incorporate for right now. And then the you know, then they're gonna have like shut down for the holidays, and then they'll be able to like swap some stuff out after that. But you are existing in like this shell of the piggly wiggly with a lot of the piggly wiggly sort of stench still hanging over, and you have to try to make it work. So that's why I would say you should give you know this is a it's not just a brand new team; it's a team that you've had to make brand new, and you got to get credit for being able to do that. Mario Cristobal wasn't able to do that. You know, Brett Venables wasn't able to do that. Lincoln Riley is, and he took over a much lesser program than those guys did. So that's my rant. What do you think, Chris? Do you remember that Piggly Wiggly? No. Oh, wait. <laughs> there were nails sticking out of the shelves. <laughs> there was always a jar of pickled eggs spilled in aisle six. The bathroom sucked. None of the produce was ever f- fresh. You got food poisoning seven times from the Piggly Wiggly sushi you bought, which I don't even know why you did that. Why did you buy Piggly Wigglies? Do you remember the Piggly Wiggly? You don't. You Or you're acting like you don't. So why don't you just enjoy the Trader Joe's, which has clean floors, stock stuff. Sure, the bathroom, still a bit janky. Still a bit janky, but that's okay. It'll get less janky as the, the time goes on. Yeah, there's some things wrong with this uh, Trader Joe's. There's some zoning issues, but they're going to get those <laughs> fixed. So why don't we just enjoy what's going on? They're one game away. Trader Joe's is one game away from the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Remember that Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> what was the guy's name? Uh, that was, who was it? Marcus? Is Marcus that, from MoCo. Shout out to Marcus out in Maryland, but of course a Montgomery County person would uh, would uh, give me this question. Did you have what? to like? There's so many comments about Piggly Wigglies, and uh, so it's a. I've never been to one, but it's a Southern grocery store, right? Are they in? 
Are they they're Maryland? they're not they're not a a Maryland thing. I I don't I think it's like a think of like a Ralphs. I think it's just like a lower brand Ralphs. Okay. Um, good thing he didn't say Publix though, because Publix are awesome. Oh, nice. Uh, Never been to Publix. I yeah, I think I've been to one okay. like traveling. Um, Shout out to the anyone in the chat who lives by a Publix. Go get a chicken finger uh, sub for me. Nice. And just eat it in my honor, please. There you go. Please. But that, you have a lot of comments about Piggly Wiggly in there. So, um, like, what comments? Like, Piggly Wiggly sucks, or no? They were just like, there's a lot of Piggly Wiggly talk. Uh, there was like a Ryan one, Piggly Wiggly zero. Like, they they <laughs> they, they thought we like kind of crushed uh, poor Marcus. So sorry, Marcus. Look, but. man, I'm just I'm just saying, like, you can yeah. Look, sometimes the pass rush doesn't get there. Sometimes, I guess a lot of times the linebacker play isn't there. But yeah. They're gonna get Taka Curtis. You got to look at the big, bigger picture. Yeah, they are nine and one. That's the bigger picture. That's the bigger picture. Yeah. Uh, let's go to some questions we've got in the chat from uh, Sager. Question: Gentry is back. When are you expecting from him? Uh, will he be on a snap count? We don't. We don't know that he's back. Uh, Riley said he's progressing. Yeah, he's practicing. It's only Tuesday morning, so. Still some time. Got the extra day. I don't know if he'll be on a snap count because, I mean, I guess it just depends how he's feeling. But I feel like this is a game where you you need him. Yeah, I think you need him. And will it be? I don't think it, I don't think you would play him just to pull him after like twenty snaps. Right. I don't think you would do that. I, I think, think if he's if, in. I think if you're gonna play him, he's gonna play. Yeah. So yeah. I don't anticipate any sort of snap count just because, like I said, if you're going to play them, what, what's the point of playing for 20 snaps in the first quarter yeah. when, you know, this game will probably be decided in the second half, yeah. you know? So, yeah, if he plays, I think he's just going to play. He'll be full go. And then Daniel kind of following up with that, uh, Rajon Davis seems to be capable in Gentry's place. Do you see him getting more playing time? I don't know if he's capable because I haven't yeah, seen him. we haven't it. seen him. I haven't seen him. So for all I know, he isn't. But for all I know, he could be amazing. I don't know. Yeah, but we just you don't have to trust trust the coaches. I he had opportunities I think, to get in. He just hasn't got in. I think so. you trust this coaching staff a lot more with their assessment or their evaluation of who's playing and who's not. Like yeah. last year, didn't trust. Even them. if last year, it's like just throw them in. Like who? <laughs> like who cares? Yeah, you can't stop anyone. I don't think this is the game you're going to throw them in. Like if you no. if you wanted to throw them against Cal or Colorado, like that's fine. But they they didn't throw him in then. I well, don't. Well, not Cal. They were in a kind of a one position game. There, that's but. true. Yeah. Uh, we'll try to rapid fire some of these. Ula Ula, who has a bigger game, Caleb Williams or DTR? What do you think, Caleb? Yeah, I'll go Caleb with. is hot right now, and he seems to thrive in these kind of big games, like a Utah. Yeah, he does thrive, and he gets Jordan Addison back, and probably Mario Williams. I think he's gonna have a big game, uh, Cameron. Does it help or hurt USC that UCLA lost last week? And when it comes to game planning and how UCLA comes out playing this week, I think it hurts. Yeah, I would think because it, you would have gotten that top ten matchup, you would have gotten the college game day probably, and yeah. you know UCLA is refocused. They're they had a wake up call, got slapped in the face. Yep, not like punched in the face, but they're just uh, they're awake now. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this one people were talking about this a little bit. Well, there'll be more USC fans at the game. So I think he means more than UCLA. I, I think there could be a lot of USC fans, but I think UCLA have more fans. My guess. For, yeah, that's how I feel. 
I think they only get sixty five hundred. You could get, but you'll yeah, you'll you'll find ways. But I feel like it'll be slightly more UCLA. Yeah. Uh, Visual diction. Should we be more worried about facing off against Notre Dame in the trenches in a few weeks? They're building a lot of momentum and are running the rock well. Thanks and fight on. They said like a three point win over Navy. You know, like they didn't. I think they didn't score in the second half against Navy or something stupid like that. Notre Dame usually has like good trench play. Yeah. Um, but USC's got a good offensive line. I mean, I'm I'm rolling with. I'm rolling with a team that hasn't lost to Stanford. Yeah. Okay. I'm rolling with a team that hasn't. It's really hard to trust a team that lost to Stanford. To Stanford. They lost to Stanford. Let that sink in. Michael, um, he says he agrees with the Rajon question. I mean, uh, with Daniel Free Rajon. So he wants to see Rajon play. But his question is Will Damani, Damani Jackson, play at all the rest of the year, whether because of injuries, you know, rust, rustiness, injury, or red shirt? Well, Lincoln kind of talked about this, I believe it was last week but he said he's getting healthier he's getting back on the field yeah and they're hopeful that he can help them down the line what does that mean i don't know uh he was suited up uh on saturday or friday excuse me didn't play yeah he's been suited up at practice but i think he's still trying to get fully healthy based on what lincoln said so is he going to help you against notre dame you know, maybe is he going to help you in the Pac-12 championship if you get there? I don't know. Is, yeah. is that too big of a spot for a guy who hasn't played in like several weeks? Maybe if he plays against Notre Dame, like if there's like garbage time or maybe there's like specialized packages, a la Oregon State. Yep. I think he has a better chance to play against the Pac-12 championship. But if he doesn't play in Notre Dame, I don't think he'll play right. for the rest of the year. I think you're right. Eddie says, uh, is Orange Tra- County. Uh, yeah, but, well, Eddie Renya. Um, I think that's Eddie in Orange County. Uh, is Travis Dye the Sean Cody of the Lincoln Riley era? So mm-hmm. Sean Cody was like the first big recruit. I wouldn't say that. I don't think that's analogous. Um, no, I wouldn't say that just because, I mean, you, I mean, Lincoln had already like gotten Caleb Williams at that point. Yeah. You know, he'd already gotten big guys through the portal. I think it's more so, yeah, I don't think that fits quite comparison-wise. Just because, you know, Sean Cody was like a piece you build around. Right. He was the recruit that like was going to leave and like you got him to stay. And it was, yeah, it's just, I I don't think the analogy is quite there. But they're both very important for early pieces of an an era, but just for different reasons. Yeah. I would say that uh, Luke had a couple. He put a couple into Luke. Luke uh, f- feels like a Relic Brown's potential is sky high, and I see such uh, similar explosiveness with him in comparison to early Reggie Bush. When, if ever, do you think we really get to see Relic as number one running back for SC? Number one running back. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, barring injuries, I don't think it's going to be this season. I mean. It could be next year. Great. It could be a situation where he's sort of – it depends on what Austin Jones does, but I could see a situation where it's kind of like Relic and Austin are the yeah. top two. They got two really good backs coming in with this class and Quentin Joyner and Amarian Peterson. Uh, those guys could play early. To, uh, 
store those names. They could play early, but I wouldn't say be the true number one back next year, but I definitely could see him being like a more clear number two uh, and maybe even take it, take that number one job down the line. Next year will be the year we'll really get to see uh, Relique fully unleashed. Yes. Um, but these next three games, potentially next few games, whatever, uh, I think it could be a big, big end for Relique Brown in his freshman season. So, Yeah. Um, he's young. We want to watch his progress. But uh, he's got the potential. And the fact that they've used him as much as they have, like even early on, I think it shows you what Lincoln Riley thinks of him. So I think there's some good opportunities there. we got a couple more. I think there might be some more that I haven't starred yet. But uh, Blackie Chan plays uh, Take It or Leave It. USC will have a 100-yard rusher against UCLA. Isn't UCLA's run defense kind of good? Mm, no. I thought they were like fifth or something. Maybe they're okay. Like, pass defense is bad. I, I think I'm going to leave this one just because we, I don't think you're going to see, like, I mean, maybe you see Austin Jones kind of take that role over, but I think you might see all those guys play. So it might be distributed a little bit more. That's I what, mean, gun to my head, I'm saying no. Okay. But I can be talked into it. Yeah. I can be swayed. But I'll just say no. All right. Josh, uh, with as tight-lipped as Lincoln Riley is on injuries, any word on any defensive players coming back for the game? If the Trojan D can keep DTR in front of them and slow the run, they can pull away. I would well, agree. I mean, the only one is Gentry. I guess Max Williams as well, who right. he said he, he's benefited from having the extra day of rest. So, look, I would say it's more leaning towards good than it is bad in terms of getting those guys back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Let's see. There was, um, this guy says, who has a bigger game, Washington, Rice, or Ford? Tough one. I would say Taj Washington. Okay. I like that. Taj Washington, Ford, Rice are my picks. Taj Washington, not maybe not sneakily, but having a very good stretch of games. Scored in four, th- has scored in three consecutive games. Mm-hmm. He's got like three hundred yards in his last three games. So he's playing really, really well. I'm interested to see what it looks like with Mario and Jordan back. But Taj Washington deserves the playing time he's gotten, and yeah. he's playing really well. I like it. And uh, SoCal Ninja Addison gets over hundred yards receiving. I would say yes. I'm gonna go yes too. Um, yeah, so nice. All right. Uh, well, that's probably it. We thank you. I hopefully got to most of the questions that we saw in the chat room. I tried to star them as we were going, and uh, it's been great. Make sure, oops, make sure you hit that like button. Do we have a button? We need more likes, man. Got a couple hundred people watching. We got like forty likes. Smash that like button. Like it. Um, appreciate that uh, that you guys can do that and share. You know, share the channel with your friends. Um, you know, follow us if you're not over there, subscribe to the channel. It does help us grow things. You can get that little notification, you know, when we go live. So, you know, we don't do it all at the same time all the time. So, um, we should have a tunnel vision on Thursday night, uh, to preview USC UCLA. That should be a lot of fun. And, uh, going to the Rose Bowl this weekend will be a lot of fun. Hopefully you got USC fans. You can get out there, uh, cheer on the team, 
check it out. The Rose Bowl, one of the best venues around to watch a college football game. So uh, take advantage when you can. Um, any other stuff, Chris, you want to get to? I got nothing. All right. Uh, yeah, you got a uh, two-star? Yeah, I got a composite coming up here maybe in an hour. So uh, look out for that. Nice. It will drop tomorrow morning. It's perfect. So uh, Wednesday morning, look for that. The If you like the recruiting podcast, three hours of recruiting talk, USC football, Gerard and Chris kill it over there. Uh, and we try to kill it here for all you guys. So we appreciate everyone. If you're listening on your podcasting platform at home or in the road, in the car, on a jog, whatever you're doing, or if you're watching us live or watching the replay on YouTube, we appreciate that as well. Thanks for tuning in and you know making us be a little part of your day. For Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.